Hey, what's up? It's WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler here, and you're listening to the Spanish Announce Table on the Trending Topics Network. The Spanish Announce Table. All right, Tom, it's WWE Stomping Grounds, the first ever. I forget which one they got rid of, but now this is what it is. It's Stomping Grounds. And Kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, Isn't it they've cool? got a we said boot. ass in our promo. They've got a boot on the on the on the, on the logo of it. Um, Whoa! It looks like a lugs commercial. Now, what I want to do is get into our tweet the tables. By the way, if you follow us on Twitter at Table Show, he's at tmac underscore eight one six. I'm at the Awesome Voice. You can use hashtag Tweet the Table and share your wrestling thoughts with us, and we're going to read some of your wrestling thoughts right here on the show if they're good, if we care. At Come B on. underscore double underscore D. That's D-E-E. Uh, by the way, title sponsor of SpanishNounceTable.net. What up, B-double-D? Brought to you by B-double-D. All right, so anyway, that's enough about B-double-D. Let's get into uh, WWE Stomping Grounds and why I'm, I'm bringing up Tweet the Table. Because we got a Tweet the Table from at B underscore double underscore D. And it says, because uh, this is the first pay-per-view where I really feel like this is hitting home now. He says... Fuck a brand split, huh? Hashtag tweet the table. And yeah, I mean, yes, fuck a brand split. But I want to bring up something that they could do where they could still have a brand distinctions, right? Okay. All right. We've seen this idea that AEW wants to go with that a lot of the fans seem to be with, right? Market this more sports-like on your on-screen product, right? Give me some sort of like feel that this is an actual thing that guys can earn title shots and it matters wins and losses and right things like that it takes a little more forethought in your writing and your planning because it is staged but you could have them act more like conferences of the nfl or major league baseball and have interconference stuff going on right mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying right mm-hmm. does that make any sense right well i mean what are yes, your thoughts no, here totally. as we leading to this not a brand split era well, I just think we just need to get rid of it, right? Just feature the storylines. Tell me that that's the storylines. And when you don't have anything to progress that week, that's when, oh, we had we see Rusev versus Nakamura or whatever. You can do the filler matches when you don't have the progression of the Lacey Evans versus Becky Lynch, right? Because you don't need storylines. You don't need the same storylines told every single week. You can have yeah. a, why was that happening? And then just move on, you know? Uh, so the brand splits, it's diluted, it's watered down. I'm over it. I think, I think, like I've said, I feel like the last two, maybe even three years on this podcast, but the, the talent is constipated with too much at all of a, you know, half-ass push level. So we just need to get rid of all of these people. We, there's so much dead weight that we just need to get rid of. And then I think the product can flourish, but until we still have Cedric Alexander, uh, Alexander and Shelton Benjamin and Zack Ryder chasing, uh, you know, our truth around. Fuck off, man. Like stupid. We have too many people. I'm reading this right off of WWE.com as of Wednesday, June 19th. So if something's wrong or different by the time the show happens, eh. suck it. Suck it. The WWE Cruiserweight Championship will be on the line with Tony Nese taking on Akira Tozawa and Drew Gulak in a triple threat match. I'm sure you've stayed up on every single second of this storyline, this riveting storyline that I'm sure was told, Tom. Who do you th- who do you got? 
I finally got Drew Gulak to capture the 205 Live title. I think he's been there since day one. He's always been a main event to, you know, mid main event player with a storyline since the no fly zone that basically started when 205 Live started. And I think this is finally when we're going to get some shenanigan type of roll up uh, to get him the victory and the title. I agree. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Drew Gulak is somebody that they've wanted to feature somehow. You know what I mean? I feel like they, they that maybe this is the trigger point, right? And then, you know what they could do? Oh, man, this just came to me as you were saying that. Then, you know who should take the title from him? is not a high flyer, right? The no-fly zone uh, mm-hmm. thing. Because I think this is the way you tell the story. You have him win the championship at Stomping Grounds. Then he goes, I'm not facing any of these assholes that are doing these high-flying moves. Fuck off, fuck off, fuck no off. No flips, right? just oh, fist. Never mind. Well, yeah, you can't say right. that, but you can basically say that, right? So <laughs> you have the Lucha Party come out. Nope, no title shots for you. I said no high-flying moves. And then the guy to beat him over, you know, at the next month pay-per-view. And it's, I'm saying this because I have them in my room. But the guy to beat him. Is Chad Gable. Chad Gable as your champion adds some credibility and some oh shit, because that's a former tag champion, Olympic alternate, bad motherfucker. That's the guy that needs to be champion. So this guy, uh, Gulak, needs to be a placeholder, but needs to do the no-fly zone that then propels Gable to the main event picture because he doesn't do any flying moves, and then boom, there you go. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tom, it was Father's Day. You're not a father that you are aware of. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, or maybe you are aware of and you just choose not to let the rest of the world know that you're aware of. You know, I don't I don't know your business. I'm not trying to ask. We don't fact check. Right, exactly. You're on the Spanish announce table. Yeah. Um, I, thanks for asking, had a great Father's Day. Um, actually, hey, yeah, really was well. Father's Day? You know, it was, thanks for asking, Tom. It was really, it was really great. You know, I had a lot of just family time with no like nowhere to be nothing to do which is something we have not got and i can't even count how long uh with all the soccer the extra gigs at the comedy club the this you know by the way by the way uh at the comedy club that you work at Mm -hmm. Mm part-time as the lead sound engineer Mm -hmm. uh how was andy dick andy dick was awesome. Andy Dick is anybody who knows Andy Dick, you know, and his actor, if we'll call that right, his shtick, knows you don't really know what you're going to get with Andy Dick, right? Uh, but he arrived very professional, and then he went, he did his whole media tour, right? So our friend of the show, Dustin mm-hmm. Kaufman, takes him out. He went on Johnny Dare, which is a you know, it's inter, what's nationally known as a as a big time radio program here in Kansas City, right? They did, I think, an hour and a half plus interview straight, no commercials. Like uh, he just kept going. Wow. Johnny Dare said. On in the air, he was like, in the 25 years I've been doing this, I think this might be the best interview I've ever done. Andy Dick was talking about it at the comedy club. He's like, I've never done an interview like that. Like, it was just amazing. So I, I haven't listened to it yet, right? But if you go on their archives, maybe check it out, right? Because apparently it was really damn good. And Andy Dick's, got a, lot, Andy Dick's got a lot to talk about, right? So... Well, that's interesting also because they're just kind of polar opposites. So we obviously know of Johnny Dare. Johnny Dare is your typical Harley Davidson cut-off T-shirt, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ride the Harley to Sturgis kind of guy. And Andy Dick, right. Yeah, and Andy Dick is more of your stereotypical 1990s playboy in Hollywood. He's a bisexual, dinners, yeah, uh, heavy drug stuff. user, right? Like, I mean – just like yeah, so interesting to hear and i guess back home where he lives in la he's got 
a kind of a band that goes with them and they do this musical comedy almost an, i call it an evening with Andy Dick, think of your Mick right. Foley routine that we did, right? The mm-hmm. the Jake the mm-hmm. Snake Roberts. It is kind of that. Only he's telling stories that don't really have a theme because there's no theme to Andy Dick, right? So, right. but he just brings the one guy because they're not going to travel the whole thing for you know the comedy mm-hmm. club in Kansas City, right? Um, and this guy's name is Paris Dillon, and he's playing the guitar, and he's just fun. So second night, first show, the guy comes out, Paris Dillon, he plugs his guitar in, and something's not right with it, right? It's getting, you ever hear what I call the burnt sound in audio where it's like crackling over the speakers, right? And it's just not working, right? And he's looking over at us and like, what, right? And I can tell immediately it's a connection on his end, right? So I don't know that I can really do anything about it unless I run on stage. Part of the, the deal, though, is he opens the show and he's just pretending like he's waiting on Andy, who eventually comes out unprepared, right? Dropping papers and stuff, right? So the crowd kind of thinks this is all just part of it, right? And mm-hmm. Dustin sends me up there. He's like, you got to figure out what's going on. Go fix it. So I'm up there, and Andy Dick finally stumbles out part of his thing, and he doesn't realize what's going on, right? And he sees me on stage fucking with the wires, and I hear him kind of like, you know, do the pro wrestler mumble, whisper to hit to the other guy. He's like, what the fuck's going on, right? And he's like, mm-hmm. something's fucking wrong with the guitar, right? And he's like, oh, shit. And he's like, it's all right. We're playing it off. And he's like, cool. And he points at me. He's like, fuck with that guy then, right? And so... <laughs> Paris gets his guitar and he like cranks down. He's like strumming it right in my face when I'm trying to like mess with wires. He's like thrusting it in my face. The crowd's fucking cracking up. And Andy Dix is over here. He's like, yeah, fuck with us some more. Yeah, that's great. Like, like imagine Vince McMahon in the corner, right? He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, just keep fucking right. doing that, right? And I'm over here like, God damn it. I'm just trying to fix this fucking cord, right? Like, but it's fun, right? Everything's, everything's fun. We got them all worked out. But they were absolutely amazing. If you get a chance to see... Andy Dick in this act, you got to do it. Now, you've got to be an open-minded person, right? I mean, the stuff he gets right. into and his lifestyle uh, are very interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, but it was yeah. absolutely, definitely recommend. And I recommend anything at the Comedy Club of Kansas City, of course. The Spanish Announce Table. WWE Stomping Grounds. Biggie and Xavier Woods take on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, real life two teams of longtime actual friends here. So I feel like mm-hmm. we're going to get good chemistry in the ring here. Oh, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts here? What do you got? I don't know. I really mm. don't. I think because they like to push um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the New Day, I feel, are notorious for losing in spots that really they should like they don't protect their spots really, even though they're the longest reigning WWE champions of all time. They've lost at WrestleMania. They've lost to the shield. Like they don't do the whole, we have to win here. Uh, for that reason, I think I'm going to go Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Yeah. I feel it too. Like, yeah, they, I don't feel, you know, spoiler alert. I mean, maybe, uh, I, I'm not sold on them taking the belt off Kofi yet. So I don't feel like they feel like they've got to have Biggie and Xavier Woods win here. Owens and Zane can do some heel things. It allows them to get some heat. Yeah, I feel like Owens and Zane. Now, that's getting a little behind the scenes, maybe. If, maybe if we're going off storylines. I still would go with Owens and Zane, right? Because I, I just feel like it's not done, right? They're still arguing with them. I don't feel like this ends anything between that whole group of folks. So I would go with Owens and Zane. The Spanish Announce Table. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tim. You love ESPN. 
You love it. You I love do the enjoy sports. ESPN. I have I right. have ESPN. I have uh, ESPN Plus. I, mm-hmm. I pay for their streaming service. I enjoy all of their MMA content, content, boxing content. They just signed Tyson Fury to exclusive partnership. He's a very polarizing figure who's fun to watch in the ring. Uh, I like to watch all of the detailed things that Kobe and Peyton Manning are doing. Yes, ESPN. I am a big fan of. Why do you say that? Uh, you watch the ESPY Awards. I do. I tell you what, the Jimmy V award that was given to Stuart Scott a couple years back oh, is one yeah. of the most touching moments mm-hmm. in television history. Uh, you have some fantastic skits, even though I'm not a huge fan of Drake, Drake and Will Ferrell uh, doing the like basketball celebrations after you make a shot. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, I think that was last year. Peyton Manning hosting was really funny. So, yes, I, I do love the ESPYs as uh, well. Why do you ask that? Uh, let me take a quick sidebar before I ask you about that because you mentioned Drake and uh-huh. you're a big fan of Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors Yeah, and Drake is suddenly thrust in the spotlight again for being known for people being like dude would you calm down you're not on the Toronto Raptors yeah, what a sore <laughs> winner what a sore winner he is right like people bitch about sore losers you can also be a sore winner and he is the worst type of sore winner there is the stupid ass press conference that he did as he walked off a stage that he had at Jurassic Park to watch the game to do a legitimate news conference yeah. with the local news like he was the you president dumb dumbs yeah <laughs> Oh, my God. So incredibly stupid. Couldn't believe he is the worst kind of annoying. He's the type of annoying where you don't even want to, like, beat him up. You just want him to go away. Like, because beating him up, you know he'll turn into something for himself. So you're just like, go away. Or you'll have to see him in court, and you just don't want to look at him again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to see this guy anymore in my future. Right. All right. So back to the S- the SB Awards. Uh, they released that they now have a WWE award. They have the what is it? The best WWE moment of the year or something like that. Well, why? Because well, WWE is probably paying for it. Well, it, pro wrestling is not a sport. <laughs> well, I know, but have, you know. how long have we had this conversation? Mm-hmm. And what? Then you know, Jesus of Mary, just give this, give another award to best fight scene on a Broadway play, right? Huh? Yeah. And here, let's while we're talking about uh, award shows, why isn't WWE nominated for any Tonys? Right. Fuck off with this bullshit. Like I, I'm very excited to see Hamilton, and I think it's gonna be fantastic, I and agree. I enjoy that entertainment. Mm-hmm. But Hamilton and WrestleMania are the same freaking thing is tony just the musical though is that or is that play also i can't remember it's play and musical because uh that yeah because brian cranston won best actor for the network i really yeah i i would i'm kind of surprised yeah that they're not up for more uh um like things like emmys and um you know they should totally be they should totally be open or up for Tony Awards. Right. This 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 WWE thing is just laughable. There's no okay, I, I just Googled it while you were telling me about it. So here's what the best WWE moment, and here's your options. Roman Reigns triumphant return Oop. to Monday Night Raw. Look, okay, guys. All right, look, I'm I'm a little off on this too, because the uh, Yes, the guy had cancer. Yes, that sucks. Yes, he came back from cancer, right? And everybody's like, oh, my God, moment. When he left, everybody was like, oh, he could be back soon and he could be he could be fine, 
right? So now when he came back in like six months, I was like, great, he's back. That's awesome, Joe. You beat cancer. Great. But everybody's like, oh my God, it's the most. I'm like, no, it's not. He wasn't, this isn't like fucking, like this wasn't Eric Berry who lost half his weight and had to like, you know what I mean? Like eat and work out every day while he's in the hospital to get back on the field. This was, you know what I mean? Like he had some tests and had some things, which sucks, but like this is not a feat of amazing strength that he did here. Well, and if you're wanting to use this to get Roman Reigns in front of the uh, uh, athletes of the world to show how amazing his story is, give him the Jimmy V award. Right. right. You can give him the Jimmy V award and you could say, look at this inspiration of a guy who didn't give up, uh, given all of the adversity, given his incredible work schedule and uh, rigors and type of, you know, taxing uh, physicality that he does to his body. And he was still able to overcome and now get back to 100 yep. percent in this crazy, wacky world. That's you great. can do the Jimmy V thing. Right. So anyhow, Roman Reigns. Right. Yeah, because then they could even say, they could talk about that it's a scripted thing, that here's still one of the most athletic people and was himself a sports athlete and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, you were saying. Yeah, and then uh, also up for the best WWE moment, Becky Lynch wins both Raw and SmackDown Mm -hmm. Women's Championship at WrestleMania 35. Mm -hmm. Kofi Mm -hmm. Kingston Mm -hmm. wins his first WWE Championship at WrestleMania 35. And then Ronda Rousey captures her first WWE Women's Championship Mm -hmm. at SummerSlam. Those Uh, are all moments that happened. Again, I think I know media advertising and i know wwe's interaction with media and i feel wwe paid for this to be Mm -hmm. anything and they've already selected with with it in mind they already had the winner before they had the other options who do you think the winner is it roman or is it of course or is it ronda or is it it's roman yeah okay it's roman it's roman they're not gonna one they're not gonna say like on WWE programming, that inspirational Kofi? moment that, that we're never going to let you live. Down. Well, I don't think they want to tell the story of how, hey, man, all this time there was never a black champion. True. True. So I think the moment they, they hit our, you know, they hit us over the head with of Roman Reigns' turn, return from leukemia, which is, again, spectacular. I'm not saying it's not, but there's other things to a character. Um, Here's I, it. Yeah, it. Maybe they tried to buy their way into that Jimmy V award and they were like, no, we're going to give this to who's getting it this year. I don't know. Um, I haven't heard, but you know what I mean? They were probably like, we're not, that's not for sale. This isn't a fucking joke. Right. And you know what I mean? Well, they were like, you okay, can give us money for this, but we'll buy Yeah. We'll pay. Yeah. We'll let you pay for this. <laughs> I bet yeah. that was it. Yeah. I bet that was it. Uh, anything to else to add or should we fucking, no, I think that's, uh, okay. I think that's about it. You know, All Hey, right. uh, anyone who does think that WWE, um, deserves to be on the espies uh you're a dork and i disagree with you and uh if you think it doesn't deserve to be on the espies uh you're smart pretty uh pretty well-rounded human the spanish announce table all right tom some of your favorites the planets champions will take on heavy machinery and stomping grounds uh what do you think they're keeping those smackdown tag team championships so I really don't want them to because I want Daniel Bryan to be the fucking champion of the planet, right? And I think the planet champions are fine and Rowan is serviceable. Uh, but I think Heavy Machinery is a better team. Like, they need to be established as something. 
especially this early on because they don't really have a story except for, hey, we're fat and we're hard working because that's what fat people are is hard working because can't you tell from our body we're hard working. Blue collar yeah. solid. Yeah, blue collar solid full of fucking lard. But yeah, no, you guys are hard working. Um, that makes sense. That all checks the boxes. Uh, anyhow, that was my little rant. Um, I think the more established team needs to be the che- the the tag team champions, and I hope that Daniel Bryan will then take this and say like, all right, well, fuck these tag title things. I need to be the champion to really get my message out. So Kofi, I'm coming back for more. You punk ass bitch or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the sad victim of the Kofi spotlight that hit out of nowhere is that Daniel Bryan was had a skyrocket going on. With the whole, you know, uh, ethically sourced vegan belt, mm-hmm. the anger, and now like he's got Rowan because he was his muscle, and now they've made him a tag team. But it just still feels like Daniel Bryan with a guy. Like it just should mm-hmm. be Daniel Bryan with a guy, right? Like he should have his muscle, and he can help. You know, I like I've said use. Uh, Shane and the corporate structure for that, you know, to further the liberal agenda. I mean, they should even say it as that, right? Because that's going to anger the folks that are watching, you know? Um, Yeah, I I really feel like... I feel also like this one may not be done because I don't think they've got a whole lot of tag teams just, like, lined up to start rotating through, right? So I don't feel like this storyline's done. So I think Daniel Bryan and Rowan will win this, but it may be – or maybe they don't win, but it'll be somehow they keep the titles, right? That's what Mm -hmm. I'm picking, right? A DQ finish or something, right? The Spanish announce table. Hey, Tom, here's a fun exercise that uh, I did right now that I'd like everybody to give it a try because it's real fun and maybe you'll find something you like. I'd like everybody to go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and click on the Amazon link right at the top of the page, right? And then I just typed in professional wrestling in the search bar. Let's talk about one of the mm-hmm. fun things you could buy through that Spanish Announce Table uh, Amazon link and we'll get a little kickback to keep the show running here, right? I found kayfabe, stories you're not supposed to hear from a pro wrestling production company owner. Sean's story, beginning as a renegade out Law company and involving to redefining the shoot video genre is extremely fascinating. Who knew that the man asking the questions was as fascinating as his subject matter, says Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated. You can get this for $19.95 paperback at Amazon. Ah, color me intrigued. I tell you what, the other awesome thing about Amazon, uh, specifically with pro wrestling, if you are a pro wrestling t-shirt aficionado or collector as I am, Mm -hmm. I would recommend searching Amazon first because that is where you can get some rare finds that you won't find on shop.wwe.com or pro wrestling mm-hmm. these are some of those what i forgot about that case in point i actually used the link got got us a little kickback uh, about a year ago uh when i got my steiner brothers t-shirt found the steiner brothers t-shirt through amazon but i went to our link clicked clicked on that first didn't cost me anything more and the show received a uh, financial uh, a little kickback from old Jeff Bezos who doesn't pay his taxes. Right. And uh, it's just that simple. You don't pay anything more. All you do is go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net, click the link, and then you're on your way. And we'll say thanks. The Spanish Announce Table. All right, Samoa Joe, the champion of these here, United States, will defend that title at stomping grounds against one of your personal favorites, the man they call Ricochet. I'm wearing a shirt right now. You are wearing a shirt right now. Is that the one that has the Ryback logo on it? What was the deal with that that I saw in the news? 
No, this is his NXT Ricochet shirt. Uh, something about uh, a new Ricochet shirt has something that's like eerily similar to the Ryback logo. And everybody's like, hey. Ugh. Yuck. Uh, well, disregarding that T-shirt, uh, I'm going with Ricochet. I think he's he's their fun flips and shits guy on the main roster that's not 205 Live, obviously. And so I feel this is where you give him the title. You say – I conquered one of my dreams is you know becoming a champion wre in this neat uh and then you can have samoa joe chase him and then will the babyface champion you know persevere over all odds that samoa joe will stack up against him yada 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 and yes he will uh so i think this is where the flip happens and you get joe chasing ricochet because joe's a heel that's what i got I feel like Ricochet is the new young, happy to be here Dolph Ziggler. So I don't. I feel like Joe's still winning this. I feel like Joe comes away with the U.S. title. I don't even think they continue this feud. Is how I'm feeling. Like, ooh, okay. Yeah, I feel like it's a hard-fought match. Joe somehow wins. But somewhat cleanish, right? Like how we've talked before, like where he still did heel stuff through the match, right? But the the end thing was was a uh, because he's just Samoa Joe, right? He's just vicious and hard, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. get him over more. The Spanish announce table. What's up with you, man? What'd you do? So Saturday. I said that weird because I wasn't for sure if it was Saturday or Friday, but now I feel pretty confident it was Saturday. Went to a co-worker's wedding. Uh, mm-hmm. It was here in the Kansas City area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing – so it was her wedding, but obviously I have a wedding that's coming up, so I'm taking notes to see what I like, what I don't like. One thing I right. definitely do not like is her wedding was at one – now she had a Catholic wedding, which that's not – here nor there that's whatever your prerogative is cool but it was an hour and that was fine my ceremony or emily and i ceremony will not be that long maybe nine minutes so really we're gonna get oh you mean the actual ceremony right yeah the i do you know that that was an hour yeah in 2019 that's a lot yeah Yeah. uh and it was fine but here was here was a thing that uh just was a little irritating Mm -hmm. is so it ends at two and then she does cocktail and uh, reception at five. Ooh, you gotta waste three hours. Yeah, so like, what the fuck? And it's not like you're wearing gym shorts and a t-shirt. Like you have to keep this stuff somewhat, you know, yeah, presentable. Yeah, right. You gotta take your jacket off when you sit in the car, and you gotta like. Yeah. Uh. So we uh, we came home. Well, actually, we stopped off at the plaza. We went to a, a, a store that was new to us called Maiden KC. It was really cool. I had a cereal milk latte. It was Golden Graham cereal milk latte. So instead mm. of just, you know, your almond milk, blah, 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 they made it with that. So it was a little mm. bit sweeter. Too sweet, actually. If you people with the enhanced radio saw me do the hand gesture mm-hmm. like a 12-year-old. Um, but I would change that. So we're going to go from like uh, ceremony right into the reception. Like boom, boom, boom. There's going to be a quick, like, 20-minute probably switchover, which that's when I'll probably play up to all my, hey, Tim, it's good to see you. Hey, Nikki, good to see you. Anthony's over here. Hey, look at this. Hey, Dad, Tim, thank are you, you drunk all. already? All right. right. Yeah, I'm going to be, <laughs> da, 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 oh, and look, we're going to go right into the reception, right? Tim, you're supposed to wear pants at a wedding. Right, yeah. I mean, maybe not. Right, yeah, maybe not. I mean, you're supposed It'll to. It'll be 2020. Supposed it's... to, but. It'll be 2020, year with no pants. Yeah. Well, sure, but typically some sort of bottoms. 
Well, I've been to a bottomless party before. Have you? I have not been to a bottomless party. Well, I mean, I, went, one, I uh, went to one in college because everyone was like, oh, topless parties are so stupid, you know, because they get the girls. And so I uh, went to a bottomless party. It's pretty weird. I mean, I may have been to a parties that turned out bottomless, but I don't, right. I don't think the intention yeah, no, was you bottomless. showed up bottomless. Parties, right? It was yeah. weird. Yeah, I'm sure Anyhow, it was. Yeah. Uh, Especially when you got two of them. Yeah. What? What? Uh, <laughs> so did that on Saturday. Um, it was good. The mm-hmm. the uh, reception was at the town pavilion. If you know where mm-hmm. that is, yeah, well, actually we've been there mm-hmm. because we interviewed uh, Major Bazden and the NWL crew in that office area. So they had it. The reception. The reception was in the that front. It's a beautiful uh, building. Yeah, front that awning. Lobby. I guess you call it. I don't know. So, yeah, sure. lobby, front lobby uh, area. All glass. It was very pretty. Yeah, it's and then more of Sunday, like a big foyer, if you will, because it kind of raises up a couple of floors, if, yeah. you, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. And they have a good backdrop with the stairs, and they had a curtain that – or not a yeah. curtain, but a drape that had their initials and Again, the date. And yeah, about, about, about. Very architecturally beautiful building in there, right? Yeah, so it, it checked all the boxes, right? Uh, so it was good. And then Sunday was um, Father's Day, as you had mentioned, so – Visited with my father and then visited with Emily's father with Emily. And then uh, we're just, you know, getting by for uh, this week. This coming weekend, we've got a lot of plans. We've got a lot of things going on here. So Friday night, I'll preview it now and then we'll recap it next week. So Friday night, going to Hamilton, the Broadway play that's, you know, the talk of the country. Oh, my God. Lin-Manuel Miranda. I don't think he'll be there, but it's his play. So that's Friday night. Saturday is pretty stressful for me. Saturday, my dad and stepmother are going to be meeting Emily's parents for the first time. So uh, Emily's parents have met my mom and stepdad. That went fine. I knew it would. My mom and stepdad are uh, reserved, kind of shy. So, you know, they're pleasant. They don't, they're not rude, you know, so right. they're going to be fine with interactions uh, like that. But my dad, he likes to hold court. He likes to, hey, what are we doing here, motherfuckers? Look at this. Look at this cocksucker. And so we'll see how that goes over. And then my stepmom is just such a drama queen and look at me and, oh, my God, let, 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 let me tell you about this other lady I used to work with. She was blah, blah, blah. So we'll see how that goes. And then on top of that, Saturday night is my 15-year high school reunion. And oh, going to that. What year? 15. 15. Yep, my 20th just passed – in 2018 and mm-hmm. do the math I'll, I'll wait you got it okay so I, uh, no, <laughs> what math are you doing all right so uh it's i just didn't new know math where you carry the ones yeah. all the time i was here uh you know it's manhattan kids two hours away uh, hour and 45 minutes away but i just was like i don't want to go to that and then like i saw pictures of it online and i was like okay, good i'm kind of glad i missed that <laughs> see so this is why i went to my 10 year and why i'm going to my 15 year is uh i don't know de facto how they took over this but it's my friends that i still hang out with now that are in charge of the reunion oh, that's so great. it's just going to be our group of friends that 
the high school is paying to drink. So fuck yeah, I'll do that. And so it's going to be at this place called Crane Brewery. Uh, I believe it's in Independence. Uh, I'm going to be hanging out there. Uh, so that's Saturday night. And then Sunday, I'm actually a little bit of movie news. I'm actually very excited. And maybe it's because the Disney World trip is so fresh in my mind. But Sunday, we're going to go see Toy Story 4. And I'm pumped yeah, for that. Yeah, that'll Toy be Story. awesome. Toy Story, I think, is the greatest movie, animated movie of all time. Uh, Toy Story 3 has the greatest animated scene of all time when they're going down the furnace and they kind of realize that this is the end and they all hold hands because they realize they have to do this together instead of dying alone. thought mm-hmm. that was spectacular. Yes, that was so, great. And Toy Story 4, all accounts that I've read from people who have already seen it and the you know critics and Rotten Tomatoes and stuff has said this is the perfect way to end the franchise. So I'm pumped about that. So yeah, got a busy weekend coming up more so than a busy Good. weekend that just happened. I watched Toy Story 3 in theaters in 3D uh, on like one of the big, big screens. And I still to this day say that was that that scene with the fire mm-hmm. pit. And then mm-hmm. especially in 3D, I was like, that was one of the most like one of the coolest moments in cinema like setting that I've ever witnessed. It's one of the rare moments. And we'll tie this into a pro wrestling uh tie here as this is a pro wrestling podcast but that furnace scene in toy story 3 and undertaker losing at wrestlemania 30 gave me the same reaction to where i said the fuck are we doing is this real now the undertaker was right like the finish was one two three that was it but i said audibly uh in the theater Mm -hmm. i looked to i don't remember I, i wasn't with Emily at the time, I wasn't with the girl either. I don't know. Maybe I saw it with my parents. I don't remember who I saw it with, but I looked to the right and I go, the fuck is happening? Yeah. They're really going to do this? Gonna, we're going to watch these characters die. I really thought <laughs> yeah. that I was like, whoa, this went dark. Right? Yeah. I, cause, I and that's like, how is... much they had me fooled. Like, mm-hmm. I was yeah. bought in because well, I was didn't like, see the way out, they're going to die. Right? Yeah, there like, was no way out. Right. Yeah, you didn't see the Buzz Lightyear is right. going to, you know, shoot the thing and grab everyone. <laughs> like, the fuck that was perfect so anyhow i heard yeah. toy story 4 is gonna be really great the spanish announce table all right the match everybody's waiting for oh what is that roman reigns oh, get out of no versus here. drew mcintyre it it's, it's, roman. It's, it's roman it's roman and guess what even if it's not roman it's gonna be roman so roman who cares yeah if it's who not roman it, it will be roman next time yeah, this ends with Roman. I, man, Drew McIntyre. Look, I mean, I, I like Drew McIntyre as the muscle, right? He's got. Uh, I loved Raw where he they were hanging out. They beat up Heath Slater, right? Like the 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 con job to get him out there, like he was going to give him money and then beat him up. Like all of that was great. That was sleaze ball. I just I worry though that like because it's Shane that's the focus of that that like he's going to lose more often than he should in that role. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because yeah, because he's not the 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 ultimate boss here. He has to be the one that takes the Superman punch. The then have Shane McMahon get uh, the ass whooping. So yeah, it's it's a tough spot, but he is rubbing arms or rubbing shoulders with Shane McMahon. So it's better than being in three MB, right? Uh, it just it sucks because you know we really hoped that 
when Roman Reigns came back, we would, I don't know, I guess see more of Joe. That was the kind of IWC hope it felt mm. like that I kept reading is now we're going to see Joe. We're not going to see this corporate Roman Reigns. And to their credit, we haven't got any suffering succotash and we haven't got Brock Lesnar and him doing a tug of war over a title. And he hasn't even had a title shot since he's been back, at least to the best of my knowledge. We don't fact check. So, yes, it 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 checks all of those boxes. However, it's the same fucking story. It's I'm a good guy. I will beat up all of the bad guys. Watch. Man, what? That's some tired ass 80s shit. It is. You know, bad. it just is boring. Yeah. Again, I think that's a Vince thing. I don't think that goes away until Vince goes away. Well, kill that motherfucker then. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't. <laughs> the Spanish announce table. All right. Hey, Tom, we're all excited about AEW coming up. It's, uh, again, I mean, maybe a couple months out here still, but they've made a lot of announcements here, right? They've got a tag team title tournament that's going to come up when TV hits, right? So that's the big draw for, man, can't wait for TV to get here, right? They're going to unveil a women's title at All Out. The Jericho said uh, that they are that he's hired as an employee, not an independent contractor. A lot of AEW still, you know, managing to stay uh, managing to stay fresh. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and well, let me stop you there. Uh, Chris Jericho saying anything has a grain of salt, right? Sure, sure. And also, look at who he talked to. He was talking to uh, tinfoil hat Jesse Ventura who was just trying to push him to a corner to say, I want some news. Give me some news. God damn it. Yeah. Tell me some news. Are Jericho, you working for a corporate? Uh, yeah. That's going to grind you. What's the deal? Is here? this another yeah. bullshit yeah. thing? Should I even care? Do you have and representation? Jericho, <laughs> you have a union? Yeah. And Jericho just says, Hey pal, fuck off. Cause look, I could tell everyone who's listening right now. We are employees of Spanish noun stable. We are fully, uh, it, yada, 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 we, but we I'm not showing insured. you anything. Right. Yeah, we have insurance, we have PTO, we have a handbook. Totally I can tell true. you all that fucking shit. We don't fact check. Mean it's fucking, yeah, but it doesn't mean it's true either. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's p- pump the brakes there on what Jericho says to old tinfoil hat uh, on a live stream of a podcast in somewhere in Minnesota. So, yeah, fuck off a little bit. Mm-hmm. The other stuff, though, I'm excited, right? Uh the women's championship title, that makes sense. They kind of made a big splash with Awesome Kong. Uh, Britt Baker um, becoming, uh, winning that match, you know, establishing herself as kind of the lead woman right now in AEW, obviously, because that was the one match that they had. Uh, so there's some good, good little avenues they can run down with this. So I'm excited for that. The tag team titles, I mean, they're, they've got a lot of tag teams, right? So Lucha Bros, uh, Young Bucks, uh, Private Party, um, SCU. They've got some good tag teams there that they can maybe play hot potato with the title or make it so like it's such a gauntlet to get to it that whoever does get this first championship, it becomes this epic moment. So uh, I like what they're doing. Uh, so far, there's been a little bit of speed bumps. I sent you that screenshot from Botchamania of how they worded uh, the fighter fest uh, tag team match. Uh, so there's been some speed bumps, but Hey, people are human. They will make mistakes. I've made mistakes. You've made mistakes. Everyone listening has made mistakes. Uh, so let's not kill them before they've even got off the ground, but dude, you've made mistakes. Doing good things. What's that? You've made mistakes. I mean, that's what people say. 
you know, I disagree with them, but, you know, tomato, tomato. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I don't know that you made too many mistakes. Um, I mean, you're doing this show, so. That's true. I may have made mistakes, but uh, pro wrestling is definitely not a sport. The Spanish announce table. WWE stomping grounds. The SmackDown women's title is on the line. Bailey defending against Alexa Bliss. And holy shit, was that a real fight or what? Bailey and oh, that's yeah. the best moment of the week. <laughs> uh, you know, I think so. It was SmackDown, right? It was SmackDown because oh, that Nikki was SmackDown, Cross. Right? Yeah, it's so, SmackDown, right? I texted you this. I thought it was the best uh, moment of the week, and I thought it was one of the best moments <sighs> in the women's division in quite yes. quite some time, maybe since that uh, police brawl that Ronda, Becky, yep. and Charlotte had. Because uh, it, it had all the elements of what I love in pro wrestling, right? So it was, I'm the champion. I want to be the champion, right? There's mm-hmm. that conflict. Then it turns into a, well, we've known each other. So we have some history here. I think I'm better than you. Well, you've never been better than me. So you have that conflict, but then the cherry on top that I really loved is on top of the little shoot comments that got a little peek behind the curtain. Cause that's always fun for the IWC, you know, marks that just want to tell you about the financials of the February, mm-hmm. you know, third quarter or whatever the fuck it is. Right. The, that was cool. But the little cherry on top that I loved is so Bailey starts to attack flexible. Boom, boom. We're punching, we're punching, we're punching Nikki cross being in conflict and also uh, being Alexa bliss's friend pulls her off of Bailey and is like, Hey, you're not going to beat up my friend. Right? Like, I think you're a fine person. Maybe I'm starting to change my thought because of what happened on raw with the tag team match Mm -hmm. and what Alexa bliss is telling me, but still get off of her. That's my friend. Just let's hang out here. But then Alexa bliss, you know, fucking punches Bailey Mm -hmm. in the back. And you see Nikki cross go like, well, wait a minute. Am I being played? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not something that my friend would do is hit someone behind, you know, in, yeah. uh, in the back of the head. So you had the shoot elements, you had the championship elements, you had um, the history elements, and you had the kayfabe conflict of the third wheel in this whole story. So I thought it was a perfect segment. I thought of all the segments that they've done recently, that's probably one of my favorites. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. I, I love it all. I just wish they hadn't gone away from the Nikki Cross character and put anybody else in this role. But yeah, I mean, I love the story they're telling with all of it, and I agree. I think... Well, I, I like that Nikki Cross is in that role because she is crazy, right? It's believable that a crazy person can get manipulated by the prom queen. You yeah, know what I'm it's saying? just that she's self-aware at this moment and is not crazy. It's odd. But, yeah, maybe it oh, flips a switch occasionally. Yeah, so yeah, I, think I think Alexa Bliss wins this so that I – mean, yeah, but I don't – yeah, maybe they just move on. She's the champ and then, you know what I mean, like can kind of continue her – manipulating of, of Nikki Cross to be do her muscle and that kind of stuff. So I think maybe that's where they go. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go Alexa Bliss wins the title. So, it, you know, if you're going again back to the old school, which was just January of this is a Raw star, that's a SmackDown star. It makes no fucking sense that a Raw star, which Alexa Bliss is, would win the SmackDown championship. That makes zero sense at all. That's that's logical. But right. Now that's going away, and I think this is one of the first steps. I agree with you. I think Alexa Bliss wins. I think we get eventually – I think the way this whole story gets told is Alexa Bliss becomes champion. She keeps using Nikki. 
it drives Nikki insane to want to be her friend, but see the heel things that she does to the other women on the roster. And then we get crazy Nikki at SummerSlam, probably. And then it's crazy Nikki, the debut of Sanity Nikki taking on Alexa Bliss, and Sanity Nikki becomes the champion. The Spanish announce table. Tim, you know how I start off every morning before I go to work? Do I? I started off (laughs) drinking coffee out of my Spanish announce table mug, which I got at the merch table at Mm -hmm. SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Because if there's one thing about me that the listeners and you know, it's that I love to promote me. And my podcast is the best podcast. And if you think this podcast is the best podcast, you can go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net, click on Merch Table, and get any and every type of uh, merchandise that you can think of from Zazzle.com. Tim, fill them in on the details. Yeah, you go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. There's a merch table link right at the top. It says that, merch table. And, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. We've got some cool designs uh, designed by uh, just a really badass dude that we know. Uh, he's a really cool guy. Um, designs uh, up there for shirts. Uh, I'm looking at a, a SIG water bottle, right? A bottle opener. Oh, never mind. That's just discontinued. <laughs> never mind. Uh, there's a beverage cooler. There's uh, mouse pads, phone covers, a flask if you're cool. Um, baby onesies, mug, which I have. coffee mug, right? Hoodies. I mean, we got whatever. If there's something you want, just ask us, man. We All that does is we're really not making much off of these guys. It's essentially a donation to us, but you get something, right? We're going to get a couple bucks on each item, and that'll and help us keep cool the show going. supporting the podcast, right? right? Go yeah. out into the wild uh, and show mm-hmm. that you're a shitty wild man, and you fucking love this podcast, and you're going to support it by wearing a t-shirt, drinking a mug, uh, wearing a hoodie, something. That's what you need to do to get the word out. You know you love this podcast. We love that you love this podcast, and we want you to tell your friends. The Spanish Announce Table. The women on Raw get a chance to perform at stomping grounds when Becky Lynch will defend her title against Lacey Evans. I, I don't know, man. I think they might give, uh, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. What a fall from grace. What a fall from grace. Becky Lynch was the hottest, most intriguing, coolest character in pro wrestling. Not in just WWE. She was cooler than anything AEW had. She was cooler than anything Ring of Honor had. She was cooler than, hell, some of the things that we were seeing in pop music and pop stars. It was revolutionary and intriguing and fascinating and badass. And now I forgot what she said on Monday. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know. Yeah, because she just keeps saying the same thing. Hey, once upon a time, I beat Ronda Rousey. I'm a bad bitch. Don't you know I'm a bad bitch? Even on Monday when she was walking to the ring, they said the only woman to defeat Ronda Rousey. Who the fuck cares? Guess what? She's also the only woman to defeat Lacey Evans in a Lacey Evans title match. You know what the problem with that statement there is, too, of the the only woman to beat Ronda Rousey is, hey, if you've been watching for the last, I don't know, a couple months, I don't know who the fuck Ronda Rousey is, right? She has not been there. So that doesn't matter. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why are we discussing that? Yeah, 
okay. I've, regarding this is a little off topic, but it's going to tear us into it or, or guide us into it here. The Dean Ambrose interviews that came out and everybody, you know, this whole like, it was similar to the CM Punk peek behind the curtain mm-hmm. of here's, mm-hmm. I can't get, it's a corporate bureaucracy. How the hell can, how can true creativity happen here? Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's the same thing that happened to this Becky Lynch character. Like, yes, we don't know the full side of the story or the other side of the story to the full story on, on those individuals. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't heard mm-hmm. Vince say, oh yeah, well they really came in, you know, saying this, not that. Right. But there's, there's enough to realize that that is a problem, right? Like that's they won't let her just go out there and say and do exactly what she wants that would get over like crazy because they can't control that. They have to control it. They have to know it beforehand and approve it beforehand and practice it. And it's just never going to feel real and off the cuff. It just can't. Well, my bigger concern, even outside of the creative decisions of allowing Becky Lynch to just talk from the character that is Becky Lynch is you still have this boogeyman type character of Ronda Rousey. Like, like you said, if you just started watching in March, you don't even know who the hell Ronda Rousey is. But if you've been watching for 30 years, like you and I have, who the fuck cares? We're now paying attention to the champion. Stop Mm -hmm. it. It's, it's also another concern I have with Seth Rollins and being known as the beast slayer. Who the fuck cares? Now, that actually plays into because the Beast is the Money in the Bank winner, right? So I'm okay more so with the reference to Brock Lesnar because it shows like, hey, you might have the Money in the Bank, but I can still fucking beat you. But with the Ronda Rousey thing, she's not around. Move on. Establish Becky Lynch as the I'm the baddest bitch, not Ronda. I already took care of her. And guess what? Not Lacey even either. I took care of her. Yeah, I I think the Beast Slayer works well if he's the only guy that like can beat Brock Lesnar, right? And then every time he gets into a scuffle with Brock Lesnar, well, he's the Beast Slayer, right? But we don't mention it other times, right? If it's yeah. one of those like occasional nicknames, sure. But here, I think I don't know, man. I think they may give Lacey Evans the title here and have Becky Lynch be you know something else chasing it. They may think she doesn't need the title, which could be very well true. Right, like if you have somebody who you could be the focus of the show without having the title at the moment and not be in the exact title chase at the moment, right? They've had Stone Cold do that before. Like you could do yeah. that, but unless she unleashes hell on any and everything, walking all up Seth Rollins with this chair and the uh, special guest referee thing, but obviously not with that centered storyline. Uh, I think they have to keep it on Becky. You're fucking really throwing everything down the fucking drain if you let goddamn, uh, you know, Lacey Evans become the champion. So they might. I'm going to love her. They might. Her accent's the dumbest thing in the world, by the way. Lacey Evans. She sounds like she sounds like someone from Boston trying to have a southern accent. The Spanish announce table. All right, so in some pro wrestling news, uh, we've got a fun little partnership that has developed between two titans in entertainment, one being WWE and the other being Netflix. They are teaming up uh, to film a new project about an 11-year-old aspiring pro wrestling, a pro wrestler. According to the press release, the movie tag logline uh, is as follows. After discovering a magical mask, an 11-year-old aspiring wrestler enters a competition to become the next WWE superstar. Production of 
the main event, that's the title of the movie, uh, is currently underway in Vancouver. The movie stars Kofi Kingston, Sheamus, The Miz, and other WWE stars. Uh, the actors in this, if you know who these people are, awesome for you. Uh, Ken Marino, uh, Adam Pally, and I'm not even going to try that other name. Some other people. It's a fantastic. So here's the interesting thing to me is yeah. you have WWE Productions who's done the Marine 1 through 30 or whatever it is and uh, Kane's 15 flops and all of that other stuff. Now taking a left turn saying, hey, let's just partner up with Netflix and put something out there. What are your thoughts about that specifically? And then we can go into what you think about the movie. Potentially, um, I, I like the Netflix thing. Obviously, Netflix is spending a lot of money to to, to be the like front or the foremost content provider in that kind of over the top realm, right? Like, I heard like right now, like they're operating at such a loss right now and so much in debt because they have to stay ahead of everybody else so it can pay off in the end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so that they can force everybody else into a debt hell, right? Like they they have to, yeah, it's really weird. But um, so it's obviously good money to have if you can provide content to Netflix. And WWE Films, from what I remember reading, is becoming a very big viable source of income for the WWE Corporation. Like the wrestling, really? WWE, mm-hmm. yeah. And again, now, of course, we do not fact check. That is a solid rule that we like to live by. But we encourage everyone else to do your own fact checking. Do not take our word for this. But I remember reading that. Now, I don't remember how long ago I read that, and I don't know if things have changed. So forgive me. But um, I do know that for a, at least at some point, like WWE Films is something they put substantial financial investment into, and it was returning dividends. So hopefully this is the same. I just find it interesting that they wouldn't put it directly on WWE Network, right? Have it as a movie premiere after uh, Stomping Grounds or whatever it yeah. is. Uh, I think it's I think it's good in this regard, though, where you know not everyone is seeking out the next WWE film release, right? It's kind of a okay, Marine Thirty Eight with right. uh, Seth Rollins and Mrs. Baby, cool, but. This could be something that they will use to say, hey, we went on Netflix. Didn't you guys love it on Netflix? Now we're going to move over and bring it over to our WWE Network. You knew it was a hit there, so follow us over here. I'm hoping that that would be the thought process because you would think as a capitalistic uh, company that WWE is – they don't want to share money with Netflix. They want to make all money to themselves, and so they will eventually True. lose the Netflix uh, partnership. Yeah. But that's just a kind of me spitballing there. True, but they do understand they need exposure from the outside world. So that's they what do I'm saying, and that's cable, what they're right. going to use. Yeah. The yeah, they're they're going to say, "Here's our best one-two punch. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? You can see so much more if you get the WWE Network." The Spanish announce table. All right, Dolph Ziggler takes on the WWE champion, Kofi Kingston, for the title in a steel cage match. I'm a little torn on this one, but I think Kofi's still winning it. I think Kofi wins this one. Yeah, this is an Intercontinental Championship match from 2012. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've devalued the WWE Championship. They gave the little uh, carrot to the people who are yelling that there's never been a black champion, so there you go. But now it's featured as match four in 1300 matches of the night 
So it's the Intercontinental Championship match when Kofi Kingston was doing the boom, a boom, a boom, and Dolph Ziggler was doing empty stomach cardio. It's whatever, man. You've devalued your fucking stars by just doing recycled shit. He was doing empty stomach cardio. Remember yeah, that? He was like, I'm I, doing empty stomach cardio, which whatever. Great. I mean, it was something, but yeah. it was like, God bless him. This match feels like the first match after Dolph Ziggler beat Chris Jericho to become like a real main event type of guy. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. match that we saw back then. We're going to see right now. Who cares? Who flipping cares? Who wins? Not us. Not the fans. That's Kofi who. wins. Yeah, uh, Kofi wins. Of course, Kofi wins. The Spanish announce table. Tom, I'm excited about NXT, and it's even gotten more NXT-ish. And how so? What do you mean by that? Uh, well, they've announced a first-ever NXT breakout tournament, right? Okay. You know what this is? What does that mean? Heard about this? No, right. I have not heard. What is this? The Inform tournament me. will kick off on June 26th, right? The June 26th edition of NXT will feature eight superstars who have not yet had an opportunity to compete on NXT TV. By the way, I'm reading this straight off of WWE.com. Although the inaugural NXT breakout tournament gives newcomers a platform to show what they're all about, even more important is the prize that awaits the winner, the opportunity to challenge for any title of their choosing. Okay. Except for the tag team title. <laughs> well, yeah, right. So, <laughs> well, I wonder if they could be like, eh, let me go pick a partner. Eh, who knows? Right? Yeah, All I right. guess that's true. I guess so that's here's true. the competitors below. You may know some of these names. You may not know some of them, but Angel Garza, a 207-pound third-generation luchador from Monterey, Mexico, formerly known as Humberto Garza. Cool. All right. Boa, a 225-pound jiu-jitsu champion from Beijing, China, who joined the WWE Performance Center in 2016. I'm looking at a picture of this guy. He's got some muscles. Right? All right. Yeah. Bronson Reed, a 330-pounder from Black Forest, South Australia, who used to compete as Jonah Rock. Now we're going to get into names you probably know. Cameron Grimes, a 220-pound second-generation wrestler from Burlington, North Carolina, previously went by the name Trevor Lee on the U.S. independent scene. Oh, yeah. I know Trevor Lee. Yep. Mm -hmm. He was an impact for a while. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, ROH, right? Mm -hmm. Really mm -hmm. uh, mentored by your – um, uh, uh, who's the, um, uh, the Hurricane Shane Helms, right? Yep, Hurricane that, Shane Helms. That yep. group, right? The Hardys, the Helms, the big, mm -hmm. big guy in their scene, right? Dexter Loomis, formerly known as Sam Shaw, a 239-pound, 13-year ring veteran. You remember Sam Shaw from oh, Impact? He's, yeah, and he's still doing the Dexter gimmick, and it's scary as shit. Yeah, so now he's going to be Dexter Loomis, right? And 13 years uh, in ring veteran, did you know that? Yeah. Right. I mean, that doesn't shock me, but... And also, it was just kind of sad that it's been 13 years. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, like, there's been those stories even in the WWE where somebody, like Daniel Bryan, took a long time to get there. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. I'm hating. I'm hating. Isaiah Swerve Scott, a 201-pounder from Tacoma, Washington, a former Evolve champion. Scott previously used the alias Shane Strickland. You know I, I mean? love mm -hmm. Shane Strickland. His work in MLW got me into MLW. Uh, he is really cool. Isaiah really cool. Swerve like Scott. Huh? Yeah, I like him. Joaquin Wild, a 180-pound daredevil from Chicago who used to wrestle under the name DJZ. Zima. Oh, uh, man, I hope... Hmm? 
Yeah, I hope they still do that. Remember how high we were oh, on yeah. DJZ uh, towards the end of Impact oh, on yeah. Spike? When he was doing the, the like, uh, annoying, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So he's got, in his hair, he's got, like, streaks of, of neon purple, orange, go, like, green, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, I mean, it probably will be. Yeah, I hope so. That, and I here's like the that final kid. one. Jordan Miles, a 200-pound high flyer from Austin, Texas, who loves chicken wings, formerly known as ACH. I threw the chicken wings uh, in there, uh, inside yeah. joke. Uh, ACH. Yeah. So okay. So look, we've got Ace. And I'm gonna forget the real. You know, forget whatever the WWE's gonna call them now. Here for now. Yeah. We got now. ACH, DJZ, Shane Strickland, Sam Shaw, Trevor Lee, Jonah Rock. Who I I don't know who he is, but by the looks of him, he's a big nasty looking dude, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boa, who looks like he can he can you know what I mean he's got some skills just athletically, and mm-hmm. then uh, who was uh, don't have his real name. And then Umberto Garza, who's now Angel Garza, uh, third-generation luchador from Monterey, so he's going to have some skills, right? Uh, this is an eight-man tournament here. It's going to be Dexter Loomis versus Bronson Reed, so that's Sam Shaw, right? Uh, Shane mm-hmm. Strickland and Trevor Lee are going to face off on that side of the bracket. And then you're going to have Garza and DJZ, and then you're going to have uh, ACH and Boa over on the other side. So, I mean, this will be a fun tournament. I'm excited to see where they go. Man, NXT getting talent. I tell you what, have Shane Strickland win this and have him t- uh, challenge for the United States uh, Championship or North American Championship, whatever they're calling it, and a emo rocker the likes of Kurt Cobain clashing with the emo rocker the likes of Prince uh, in embodiment of uh, Velveteen Dream, I think, is money written all over it. Those two promos would just be incredible because Shane Strickland is very almost Raven like as another wrestler that would uh, kind of invoke those same emotions where, you know, you have to pay attention, but it's not nursery rhymes like Bray Wyatt, but it's also not happy, fun, or yelling, you know, I'm going to be the best in the world. It's like this tormented soul that just goes where the wind blows and then you have just you know mr extra himself velveteen dream that is just amazing that just i i hope that's what they do that's money to me that's how i'd book that's how i would book it i like that and i'm just most excited that they're still out there finding new talent and just putting them out there like hey let's get it going let's throw them out we've got a whole bunch of new crop like rather than do you know here's the new generation let's just throw some guys in tournament and be like here we go And that way, well, and that way it's twofold, right? So either one, you pick the right person and yay, now we're behind them and now they're getting the shot, right? Or you go, well, we went with this person, but the crowd really went with that person. Well, now you have the person that won Mm -hmm. getting a little bit of push because they won the tournament, but because, because of the tournament and how the fans reacted, now you have a second star who didn't win it, but now we want to see him on nxt so it's a win-win several people earn contracts in like these women's tournaments and the cruiserweight tournaments just because of the crowd reaction they got yeah didn't rich swan earn his uh contract 205 live because of his performance in 205 live yep and i'm not gonna fact check so yeah the spanish announce table All right, the universal title, the main event, Seth Rollins taking on Baron Corbin 
at stomping grounds. And man, I want to take the hot pick. I want to go with Baron Corbin. I really want to go with Baron Corbin, but they're not. I don't think they're putting this much fire behind well, Seth Rollins for that well, reason. Well, let's take a step back. First, you have to pick who is going to be the special guest referee because I know who it's going to be. You know who it's going to be, man. I put a, I floated yeah. an interesting idea on SpanishAnnounceTable.net on my article on my Raw review. Um, okay. Who and, did you pick? You you can give the details. Click on SpanishAnnounceTable.com's uh, article from Tim about – But I floated exactly. the idea of Brock Lesnar being – Yeah, it's 100% Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Brock Lesnar – this this is how I would play it out. This, this is how it should be played out. It won't because we have an old senile seventy year old who stares at wiggling his dick while he sits in gorilla position. What you should have is Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman on the outside. Brock Lesnar's the ref. Paul Heyman's on the outside. It's Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins. At every goddamn turn, you have Brock Lesnar, F five. Or suplex. punch in the back of the head, or suplex. Every time, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Not, not not every time, but just anytime He's Seth has any momentum. Yeah, anytime he gets momentum, ha! And then you have Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin become champion, right? So you have Brock Lesnar count the three. You have Paul Heyman r- roll into the ring. The three of them like hold their hands up with Baron Corbin in the middle. Paul Heyman takes his hand down. He looks and he grins at Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin has a confused look on his face. Brock Lesnar then takes him, puts him in an F5. The referee comes down. One, two, three. Brock Lesnar is your champion. That's how you end it. Yeah, I hadn't thought of the inning, and that's great, right? But how would you get there? How does – because Baron Corbin's supposed to be able to pick – the guest referee. How did? Why would he pick the man he knows that even if he wins it would just f five him and take it from him? Well, you have Paul Heyman sweet talk him, right? So you would have backstage because you're going to put this probably as the main event, right? Mm-hmm. You have him backstage after the, the you know women's match or whatever it is tag match. Uh, Baron Corbin's going backstage, and you have him go to more jobbers, right? So he goes to um, Bobby Roode, Robert Roode, and he goes, "Would you be the ref?" And then whap chair shot and then Seth Rollins grins at him and he's like motherfucker that's another guy that is down and then he goes to uh the 24-7 champion and he goes you be and whap our you know Seth Rollins hits him then you can do a 24-7 thing where then Uh R-Truth just appears out of nowhere and he wins the 24-7 championship back right that's the second segment then you have Baron Corbin still walking around in the back after you know third match has passed and he's walking, he's walking, he's walking, and he turns the corner, and boom, his head goes right into the chest of Brock Lesnar. Somehow, I know the height difference, but essentially he bumps into Brock Lesnar. He takes a step back. Paul Heyman enters into the ring, or into the frame. You have him say, wouldn't you love to be WWE champion? You've worked your whole entire career to be WWE champion. You know how you would become WWE champion? By having a beast in your corner, or having a beast as your ref and Brock Lesnar doesn't say anything. Paul Heyman, you know, says all this stuff and then you can have Baron Corbin goes, I don't trust you. And he goes, well, we don't trust you either. That makes us good friends. And then what mm-hmm. handshake. There you go. Then the match yeah. after well, the first got suplex, no other option, right? He tells right. Yeah. You've got no other option, but he's not going to hit then, him with a chair. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. 
And so then you have, uh, you know, Seth Rollins is punching Baron Corbin down in the corner. And then that's when you get the first suplex and then Brock Lesnar can wink at Baron Corbin. Like, mm. got your back. Right. And then Baron Corbin being the dumb heel, because that's what heels are dumb, like buys into it. And then at the end of the night, you have the three of them hold their hands up because then you're like, what the fuck? Is this a new era in WWE? Ah, fuck off. You have the little credits that even run at the bottom to make you think like this is the end of the show. And then wow, F5, one, two, three, suck a dick. You got a new champion that we ain't going to see for six months. Yeah. And then everybody be like, Baron Corbin's so stupid. How did you not see that coming? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, then, and then if you had fucking two thoughts of really creative ideas, you could play into that. Right. Because now he's the dummy who picked Brock Lesnar to be the ref. He's the dummy who didn't cash in money in the bank. Like he's the I've dummy got, who got fired as GM. I've got an even better idea. He knows it's coming. As soon as he gets that title, he hightails it out of there, manages to escape Brock Lesnar. We flip to Monday. Brock Lesnar's now on the chase. He's trying to run away from Brock Lesnar. Our truth starts running alongside with him, trying to give him tips. Right? Like I mean, he's just trying to <laughs> avoid Brock yeah, Lesnar. You can carry funny. it on to the next day. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you can carry it on. And finally, he has to agree to a match at the next pay-per-view, you know, because, mm-hmm. fine, I don't want to keep chasing your stupid ass everywhere, right? I'll get you, right? Like, the chasing I've got the our truth right? funny. Right? Like, I mean. You should hide under the table. Right. I mean, like, how fun, right? Like, and you yeah. carry that on because it's the first day after a thing, right? You've got time to kill. Run with yep. it. Yeah, well, I think I don't know though. I think Seth Rollins wins in the end. Yeah, I mean that definitely could happen. But I think what we're leading to is Brock Lesnar as champion at SummerSlam and a triple threat of Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins, uh, Brock Lesnar, and then Seth Rollins can pin Baron Corbin to get the championship back. Brock Lesnar still looks like a beast. We got our SummerSlam main event in. All right. So what do you think, man? Stomping grounds. Wrap up. What's your overall thoughts leading into it? I think this is a boring pay-per-view. What'd you think of Raw, though? I mean, I felt like Raw, they did something different. They felt really well. Yeah, Raw and SmackDown, I felt were really good shows. It should be a good show as your go-home show to get me to buy the pay-per-view. Raw changed Uh, things up, though, man. It was quick. There were storylines over the course of the night, even multiple storylines over the course of the night, right? And they were in and out, man. They, They Somebody changed the direction for some reason. Yeah, and I agree, but we'll see if that happens if next week. If it happens week, you again, know? right. Yeah. That's that's the thing where you got to, well, let's wait and see. But I thought it was very good episodes. Uh, again, my favorite segment of the week and maybe so far of the year, or no, because I like the police thing with uh, the main event of WrestleMania 35. Um, but uh, but the segment between Bailey and Alexa and Nikki I thought was amazing. Uh, but this pay-per-view, I hate the name. I don't like the poster. I don't really like any of the matchups. Like I said, Kofi and Dolph feels like they should be wrestling for the Intercontinental Championship, not the WWE Championship. Hell, the Intercontinental Champion isn't even on the damn show. When was the last time you heard Finn Balor? He's. I didn't even know who it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, well, fuck that guy. I mean, really, I'm not impressed. All right, so... <laughs> I take. All right, I, that's all I've got. Let's get out of here. I don't know if you got a fun fact dialed up, uh, and we will just Ow. we will work one up. I'll stall a little bit because I'll talk about this was episode two sixty five. I don't even know what the goddamn name of it's going to be, but we will be back group next of, week. Yeah, here you go. For we'll be back next week for two sixty six of the Spanish announce table. You guys know that this is a fun fact. A group of giraffes is called a tower. The Spanish announce table. <laughs>